Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hi everyone, welcome back again to China Manufacturing Decoded, episode one hundred and one now into the three figures. I'm joined by our CEO Renault. Renault, hi. Hey Adrian, and hi everybody. So Renault. Today we're doing a how-to. So how to set up a receiving inspection, or if you like, an incoming quality、uh, inspection. Two ways of saying it. So we're going to get to grips with this type of inspection, and first of all, go through what it is, and then you know what what it's made up of, and how to set it up, and why this, of course, is beneficial. So an interesting how-to today. Before we launch into that topic, though, looking from afar at what's going on in China, and of course, China,、hmm. a big element of many people's supply chains, it's still a bit of a mess with lockdowns and things like this due to COVID, right? Yes. So the situation is slowly evolving. It is much less of a problem in Guangdong, for example. Mm. Mm.、Um, now, of course. <laughs> The situation is different, city to city, district by district, and even industrial park to industrial park. Sometimes, so I'm just talking about you know overall, right? Overall,、yeah. the situation is much better in South China.、Um, <clears throat> there are some some places、um, a little bit up north in Shandong, and and of course in in Jilin, where、um, it's You know, there are still、uh, pretty substantial restrictions.、Um, there's some areas in in Jiangsu where、um, you know pe- people are basically locked down, and they、um, they they they、uh, they, they can basically they, they cannot even get out of their apartment compound.、Mm. And it's been like that for weeks and weeks in Suzhou, for example. And、uh, there are some very very severe restrictions to travel, and of course, what everybody is looking at is Shanghai, where、um, it, it started kind of a as a benign, you know, oh, there's a little bit of of COVID here, and they they didn't take much action, they didn't really dare to 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 curb that 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 you know the the outbreak, and. Even a few weeks into it, they were still not really taking the measures that Beijing really wanted them to 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 take.、Yeah. Uh, and so now the the vice premier of China went to Shanghai and they, they sent a lot of、um, military personnel and and so on and so forth,、um, in part to help, but also it seems to、um, to enforce discipline. And to say、mm. this is the, the the policy that you have to to enforce, and it's got to be strict. It's got to be extremely strict. So it, it's 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 quite a mess there.、Uh, nobody really knows how many cases they really have, but you know, even officially in the news, it's thousands and thousands every day.、Mm. So when you read that, you you know it's you know it's, it's a big problem,、um, <clears throat> and it's going to be very very hard for them to. Put back, put 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 that back in、um, in the pot, you know, or,、mm. or uh, in the box.、Um, 
it's it's Omicron. It's extremely contagious, and the Chinese vaccines don't do much to prevent infections. So, yeah, I I'm sure that the strict lockdown in Shanghai is going to last for several weeks more, mm. and uh, possibly several months. Who knows? Now it's really wow. You know, everybody's watching. What's going on? And of course, it so it does impact manufacturing a little bit because there is some manufacturing in Shanghai, yeah. but it's not it's not enormous. Um, it is impacting shipments. Mm. Yeah, how and about the port? Is, yes, uh, ha, ha. hey, the the Shanghai port is is enormous. It's one mm. of the one of the top um, ports in in, uh, in volume shipped in in the world. Mm. So still working, but there's obviously this there's not enough truckers bringing the containers and everything. So <clears throat> let's say the logistics, um, that, that wood machine is not working as everybody would hope that they would, it would work. Um, still, still mostly working from what I read here and there, right. With number of, um, disturbances. And of course, a lot of, Companies have, let's say, a, a buying office, you know, maybe some local staff in Shanghai, and they can no longer go to the different factories. Mm. I mean, if they are in Shanghai, they're going to be and, and they're going to stay in Shanghai for, for quite some time now. There's no going around, right? So uh, any staff that's there basically cannot move now, which is um, it's a bit of an issue, uh, you know, impacting some companies much more than others, obviously. So that's the situation. And really, as I said, it's not going to get better very fast. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. So all of the areas that you've mentioned, those are ones to keep an eye on, especially if you're thinking, well, hang on, I've got a supplier in Shanghai or Jilin mm. or, or, or wherever. So yeah, uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on it. Um, Guangdong though. Yeah. Much improved. And that's, that's a, you know, that's a big plus, mm. isn't it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Mm. Okay, good. Uh, thanks for that. So let's get back to the topic, which is receiving inspections. Okay, mm-hmm. so what is this kind of inspection, please? Well, so we're talking about product inspection or component inspection, right? Mm-hmm. And a manufacturing facility doesn't, you know, make products out of thin air, they have to receive components and materials and accessories and, and, and whatnot. And then they have to transform them into the product that they are then shipping to their own customers, right? So it's, and it, that's the way along the supply chain. So uh, maybe I'm going to take a few examples. Okay. A, a factory that makes... Uh, you know, that assembles electronic products, let's say consumer electronics, they're going to buy maybe displays and buttons and batteries and, and so on and so forth from, from you know, from, from different um, different suppliers of theirs. They might do PCB assembly in-house uh, if they have the SMT machines and so on, or they might buy the PCBA parts, uh, components, you know, from, from outside and, and the wires. And I mean, it's a long, long list, right? The mm. <laughs> materials to do the soldering, I mean, the, 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 the whole thing. 
they might do plastic injection molding or they might buy the the plastic parts from from outside and same thing for the silicon parts etc etc and the packaging obviously you know from the the unit packing the, the nice little color box all the way to the cotton boxes that that are used as master cottons so here you're talking about a lot of different components to purchase and you know some electronic products have a relatively simple bit of material uh, simple bond um, you know between let's say 10 and 30 lines meaning 10 to 30 different types of, um, of, of components and accessories and some others are you know 100 or 1000 lines mm-hmm. and that's a lot of different things to to receive and put together right um, and now to have a complete product that works and that, that looks good and that works well and that wor- works, you know, as, as long as planned, like, you know, as a good quality product, but also reliable product, you got to make sure all the components are, 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 are good. You know, they are as, as per the product design and as per the intentions of the, of the designer mm-hmm. and, you know, consistently every batch, if you have, I don't know, you have some issues maybe in the PCB assembly, maybe the solder paste dried a bit. And then um, after a while with a little bit of, um, of, of um, vibration, the, 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 the pots, you know, the soldering breaks and then the, the whole product stops working, you know, this is terrible. Or I don't know, maybe the, the plastic parts, um, they have some very serious flow lines and it's very ugly like right at the top of the product and, and people just don't like it. And it, it, it makes the whole aesthetics of the product um, pretty unappealing. And, and there's all kinds of, of issues, you know, the display, whatever, maybe, you see, maybe it's a LCD display and, uh, you know, you, you can see maybe things like dead pixels and, and, and things like that. Mm. And from time to time, the whole display just stops working. And, and sometimes it works, but maybe it's, it's not the exact component that is desired. And that's actually relatively common with electronics. You have um, maybe the memory chip, you know, is, is supposed to be, I don't know, 64 gigabytes and it's only uh, 16 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. Once someone decided to cheat a little bit and make a little bit of extra margin, right? But if nobody catches it, then it goes into the final product. And mm-hmm. in the final product, it might you know, be relatively uh, minor and just, I mean, okay, there's a little bit of, um, you know, the, the, the saving capacity and the external uh, module there is not as high as needed, but actually it's not really needed. So whatever, you know, nobody's really going to pick up on it, hopefully. Versus, oh, wow, it makes the whole product completely buggy and uh, it freezes and, and just doesn't work at all, you know? Um, and the, the, the people who try to save 10 cents on, on you know per, per piece are actually causing maybe products that retail for 150 dollars or 400 dollars in in the west um maybe that they, they make these these wool products be useless and completely mm-hmm. fail right so the temptation can be high to to cheat or maybe the the risk that some of the component suppliers mess up and do a bad job is relatively high. And 
and it does have some very severe consequences. If you don't keep an eye on what you're buying, then you're going to be in trouble one, you know, one day or, or, or another. And I took an example with electronic assembly, but I could take, I don't know, maybe garments. You know, you, you have a factory making uh, pants and they buy the, the fabric and the yarn and the accessories and so on and the packaging materials, um, you know, the buttons and so on. And, you know, maybe the zippers break easily or mm-hmm. maybe the, or, or maybe the zippers are very hard to, to, to open and close. Who knows why, right? Maybe the fabric itself was not in a dying house. It was not finished the right way. So it's maybe it's not exactly the right color or maybe it's, it, it bleeds. You know, it, it's, um, um, it, it, there's a color transfer when it's in contact with something else or maybe onto the skin. I mean, there's all kinds of issues that can happen that come actually from the, the materials and components. And when you look at what people call bad products from China, <laughs> and people look at the suppliers, ah, you know, these Chinese manufacturers that export these products, they really do a bad job. Well, yes and no. I mean, if you could make sure that they get exactly the right materials and components as planned without any you know, inconsistency in quality and so on, a lot of these this, this bad quality product issues uh, would just disappear. And same thing for, um, you know, oh, bad products, you know, they don't work. Well, maybe they just haven't been designed properly. And so who mm. would fold here? The buyer, the foreign buyer who sees a sample and say, oh, this is nice, works nice. I want to buy it, put my logo on it w- without doing any basic reliability test and, and without doing any of the design job. Well, I mean, they're taking a, a big risk. I'm not sure I would put all the blame on the, on the supplier. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of the things, it's one of the main reasons for, for poor quality. So a, a receiving quality inspection is simply the, the, the process of checking these materials and components as they arrive to the factory, you know, before they get embedded uh, into final products, finished products, uh, or before they get transformed on their way to the to, to a finished product. Because mm-hmm. if you catch issues right there and you send it back to the supplier, there might be a little bit of a delay, but hopefully they can send you good, you know, the good stuff quickly, and then you can make good quality production. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That that's the whole point. You know, and, and, and maybe you're gonna do a receiving inspection and you're gonna say we don't have time to send it back to them. It's it looks like it's twenty percent of the products of the part, you know, a certain part that are not good. So let's sort them out first. We can already start production with the eighty percent that that are okay. And the twenty percent, either we ask the supplier to come and fix them or we try to fix them ourselves. You know, there's, there's a lot of that that happens. And maybe mm. deduct the, the cost of, of that fixing, of that rework, deducted from the next payment to that supplier. There's a mm. lot of that. It's, it's relatively common, right? So that's, mm. that's why, you know, why we need to do a, um, a receiving inspection or incoming quality inspection. <laughs> yeah. When, when you see factories that, that don't do this properly, um, you, you, you pretty much know that you're going to be in trouble. 
you, you know that the quality of the, the products or the parts that are going to send to you, uh, you know, it's not going to be great. Uh, it's all really exposed to, to, to random elements. Mm. How, how yeah. good are their own suppliers? <laughs> Who knows? Well, th- right? this, this takes me back uh, maybe a few episodes to when we were talking about whether you're going to be a hands-on or a hands-off buyer as part of a series that we're doing uh, on sourcing from China. And I, I suppose this absolutely, you could add it to the list of something that hands-on buyers really need right. to be on top of. Yeah, make sure that your suppliers do a good job at that. Mm. And in some cases, as part of the due diligence, um, when a client asks us, hey, you really need to vet the supplier properly, you know, put some resources on that. That's one of the things we, we check. Or also when it when um, one of our clients is developing a, a new product, it's going to be made by some factory XYZ somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they ask us, hey, how, how can we, you know, really... Do some, um, yeah, get some extra assurance that they're going to do a good job. Well, you know, um, where's their checklist to check all of, you know, the, the critical components, at least the critical ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not all the, the small standard parts that they bought here and there, like the wires and so on, but um, anything that was custom made for this product and anything that is relatively uh, expensive or that would definitely lead to um, to a failure of the wool product or to the user like being unable to use the products, right? So mm. these are the critical components. And um, this is for the critical components. Do they actually have a checklist of mm. what they're going to check on the product, on, on the parts, you know, on the components as they arrive? And of course, also, was it a checklist to, uh, to check the, the finished product and what is their plan to... Uh, to check the processes along the way and so on. But, you know, that's one of the key steps. If they're not going to check that, well, chances are they're going to try to buy these from their uh, their buddies. And as you know, and that's particularly true in China, more than Vietnam or India, but it, they have this concept of faith, you know. I, I and, and they have this village mentality where they try to do all the business, you know, together, with people from their hometown or from their family, even if possible. And, you know, if your brother is sending you some parts, you're not going to check them, right? You're just going to trust him. And if you complain and send it back to him, he's going to lose faith, right? So be a good, a good customer, a good brother, you know, just, uh, just pass on the bad stuff to your own customer, but don't embarrass, don't embarrass your supplier. Mm. It, it it's less and less true fortunately but wow you know 10 20 years ago it was it was it was, it was more of an issue and it's quite uh quite confusing for for foreign buyers they really cannot understand that right um i can imagine <laughs> yeah you've already mentioned some of the some of the points that we're going to go on to actually so the next part of the episode let's go through what makes up, you know, the whole receiving inspection sort of process. So what do we need to do? You start with, you know, your requirements. So you already exactly. mentioned checklists. You've also yes. mentioned to be mindful about CTQ components, critical to quality. So, you know, that would be something like a screen 
on on a, on, a, uh, on a laptop, for example. It's, it's more than that. Let's not confuse. Maybe for 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 listeners, uh, maybe we can get confused with that. Yeah. When we say critical components or key components, yeah. it means the most important ones. So yeah, mm. if it's I don't know on a mobile phone, obviously the display, the battery, yeah. um, you know the, the the PCBA and 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 things like that. The anything that if it doesn't work really mm. really uh, will will lead to to problems um and usually these are relatively expensive um, mm. um uh, component also maybe the casing and so on right and then when we look at one of them i don't know for example the casing and uh, let's say it's um it's it's aluminum uh casing where you look at it and then some of the characteristics will be ctq will be critical to quality these are the ones that need to be checked more thoroughly uh, on 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 um, you know more with with a higher sampling than than some some other characteristics that um, maybe will even be picked up by a simple visual inspection or, or that will not really derail you know the whole product but there are a few characteristics where um, you know the inspector has to pay more attention. Uh, right. For example, a certain a certain um, dimension value with a tolerance. Mm. Okay, you need to to check that, you know, on, on a number of samples because it's really very very important. Yeah. Right. So that, that that that's an example. And if this is not clearly documented on the on on the the requirements for the inspectors, well, it's not going to be checked more thoroughly. Uh, right. or at least it's not likely to be. And that's. That's that's a problem. That's a really right, problem. right. So yeah, so the issues that you've described, we're slightly ahead of of the requirements, right? So we we have to find a way to define our requirements quite specifically, and that would include you know things like tolerances on on these sort of key components, right? So let's look at the requirements then. How how are we going to put those together? Well, I mean, the basic question is. Imagine an in- incoming uh, QC inspector. They're going to check this component and that component and that component. How are they going to know if it's okay or not? First, do they have some kind of golden sample that was approved with the supplier? Do they have it you know, at, at their fingertips? Do they have maybe a, a 2D mechanical drawing with the, the critical uh, dimensions and you know, the, the target and the tolerance and, and so on? Do they know what color and what finishing it's supposed to be in and what material? You know, all of this is is, is super important. Mm-hmm. But if they don't even know that, uh, well, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, how are they going to check? Yeah, how are they going to pick up pick up on the fact that it is not um, it does not conform to the requirements, right? Mm-hmm. So these are you know start with the very basic things like that. Um, and then if you can document a few points, okay, when you check that, well, check this, 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 sort of give them a method, that's great. Also, if you um, if it's not the first production batch, you will have some examples of defects that they would have put aside in the previous uh, previous job, or maybe that were put aside on the on the assembly line. Well, okay, here are the ten, top ten most common uh, or most likely defects. Uh, that can appear on this uh, on this product, right? Mm. So basically, if the inspector doesn't know, <laughs> you 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 might be in trouble, right? And 
as as we mentioned, you know, let, let's say you need to to have an understanding of risk. So yeah. you're gonna want the inspectors to spend more time on the the components that were custom made for that product, right? Or the material or, or whatever. Versus, oh, they buy this button in black um, from stock from the supplier, and it's a large supplier, and they've been, you know, selling their products to us for five years, never had a problem. Okay, so the question now really is, do we even do incoming inspection on this box, right? Maybe we'll just open the bag, check one piece quickly, and that's fine, right? Mm. Versus, oh, <laughs> um, this PCBA uh, is coming to us, it's expensive with all these electronic components on it. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, we're going to want to do functional testing. Uh, if, now, if, the, if there is a functional testing station and the PCBA supplier has already done the same functional testing you know, on, with the same station on 100% of the PCBAs, then maybe you're only going to do it on a, a small sample uh, of, of the batch they sent to you. Otherwise, you, you might have to do it on 100%. Uh, yeah. Maybe not in incoming QC, maybe as one of the first steps in the assembly line to sort of, you know, to sort out in case there's 1% or 5% that, are, that don't conform. Um, so you need to make these kinds of decisions, right? And um, if there is a, if there's a part that you know is very hard to control on a certain uh, characteristic, then you might have to do 100% inspection. Uh, And for example, plating on a cast part in a certain color where small blemishes are likely to appear actually cannot really be avoided with the, the, the current process. And, you know, you know that the customer doesn't want to see many of them. Then you need to have uh, boundary samples, you know, okay, um, this is okay, this is okay, this is not okay, this is not okay. Sort of illustrations of um, what is acceptable, not acceptable. And you might have to do 100% inspection on them. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to think of the, um, the risk and really adapt the sampling and, 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 and the criteria of the inspection to, uh, to, to these risks. Mm, yep. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Great. So once we've, you know, defined our requirements and, and also sort of pointed out the highest risk areas, and that's a good, good way to utilize the inspector's time efficiently to, to focus mm-hmm. on those, we're going to try and put together a procedure to follow, right? Yes. So what we see in a lot of factories is, there's nothing documented. They kind of go at it. And, and usually there are just a few people doing incoming QC and they are overworked and they just try to do the work as, as fast as possible, not to finish too late at night. And, you know, <laughs> and then you observe what they do and it, it might be quite inconsistent and, and sort of dangerous. So mm. basically what is the process? It kind of looks like this. You First, you need to know what is arriving. So they have to work with the, the warehouse uh, stocking people um, and the logistics people to, 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 to know what, what is delivered. You know, usually there's a delivery note or something. Then they can actually prepare and get the, you know, make sure they have a, 
approve sample parts and, and so on. Um, and maybe the, the 2D drawings, et cetera, et cetera. Usually it doesn't, uh, it's kind of a cue often because it, it cannot be uh, inspected immediately. Um, so it, it goes into a specific area that is very clearly labeled, you know, not checked yet. So it means do not by mistake put it in a warehouse or mm. bring it to the assembly line or anything like that. No, no, no. Or, or to, the, to, to whatever uh, machinery. Keep it there until it goes into incoming QC, right? Then there might be a little bit of a count or maybe checking the weight of the, um, the, the bags or the cottons. Most of the time is going to be random checking, as I mentioned. So pick, pick some samples at random uh, and then do the inspection. Or, or maybe, maybe, as I mentioned, on some of the parts, you might have to do 100% inspection, at yeah. least for one or two of the characteristics of the parts. So you need to pick these, um, these, these parts. You're going to do the inspection itself. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe a visual check, maybe a quick dimension check on, on, on some of them, uh, maybe some specific tests, uh, et cetera, et cetera. If there are defectives, put them aside. And then at the end of the inspection, count them and see if they are under the, the limit or not. Very often is the same system of acceptance sampling by, by attributes. You know, people call it the AQL uh, inspection system often um, mm-hmm. that, that is used, same as is very commonly used for finished products in, uh, in Asia. Um, and, and, and see if the batch is, is passed or not. Uh, if, if, if it's passed, okay, then it can go. There's, you know, there's often some kind of sticker or something, and then it's very clear to everybody. It can go to the next logical step, often the, in the, in a warehouse, or it's it's put in quarantine. And then sometimes it's very structured, sometimes it's very loose. But somebody has to decide what to do with it, uh, mm. whether to send it back uh, to the supplier, have the supplier send some people to work or whatever. You know, there's some edge cases where. The decision is not very, very uh, clear, especially since there are all kinds of competing priorities. You know, hey, we have to start doing the fabrication right now and whatever. Uh, or, uh, you know, we guess it's not really a problem, but maybe we should ask some of the engineers who worked on the development, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and in some cases, when it's it's more structured, it goes to a MRB board. You know, several people will, from different functions will gather and um, and and together decide and approve of of what to do, and basically, um, yeah, that that's the process. And of course, if nothing is uh, reported, nothing is documented, then after that, it's kind of hard to go back and say, okay, what exactly happened? Because there are going to be cases where some issues are not detected, or maybe not detected in large proportions. And the batch goes to the next step to process A, process B, and so on. Mm. And some people are going to say, hey, there's a lot of defectives here that we need to put aside. That's really a problem, right? And then it goes back to the incoming QC because we need that feedback loop um, before going back to the supplier and telling them that there are issues. And and, and sometimes, I mean, the worst case is that they, they, they make the product, they ship it to the customer, maybe halfway around the world. And then they... You know, the customer says, hey, there's a problem here. You know, you use the wrong uh, rubber rubber feet or, or you know, the, the, the battery just 
doesn't even recharge once it's discharged or you know some issues like this and everybody's like huh how come we did not catch it in incoming qc this is amazing right so they're going to go back to it and try to understand so that's why it's quite important to have a little bit of records uh, on uh, on that and it's also part of uh, a good traceability system anyway uh, as you process the batches you know uh, make some notes about that batch it was you know inspected that day in incoming qc it was moved there and it was it was processed on this machine with that uh, maybe this operator on that day and then you move to the next process da, 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 da. then you have a traceability for the for the batch um, which can be quite uh, quite handy to um, to reduce the exposure to liability and and, and to recalls and, and so on and so forth and to mm. have the ability to segregate um, suspicious products and maybe recall fewer of them right and do a proper um, uh, proper follow-up on quality issues let's say especially when there's a high potential for safety uh, safety um, implications for users, right? Mm, absolutely. The, the last thing, as I mentioned, is very important to have this feedback loop in, in place. Well, this document, what is documented in incoming QC, the suppliers have to know. What, what we see very often is uh, the file and forget system where... The, the incoming QC people, you know, just took took and and maybe they write something on a piece of paper. That's the death of it. I mean, once it's on a piece of paper, it will go into, into a drawer. Nobody will do anything about mm. it. Um, so it's got to be a way to give that to purchasing, and then to have purchasing send that information over to uh, to the suppliers, because even if you say, well. Okay, there's two percent defectives like this. Okay, uh, some of them have I don't know little scratches. Okay, but you don't tell the supplier. Supplier doesn't know. Maybe next time you have ten percent with scratches mm. because maybe it's a, you know um, some little issue in there. Maybe the way they they transport or the the parts, or maybe the way they ship the parts to you, and some of the parts maybe created scratches when banging against each other. And maybe they will say, oh, it's okay last time, no problem. Let's do it. Uh, you know even without the internal bags or something. And then mm. next time you know, everything is scratched. So you, you need to give them the feedback. This is really, really important. And then once you have, unfortunately, you're going to have some big problems from time to time. And then well, this would lead us into a whole different um, topic about uh, corrective actions. Uh, it's an interesting topic, but we don't have time today. No. Uh, but it's, it's quite important to... Um, um, to really follow up and not just do the work in the short term to make sure that this batch is going to be okay, but also make sure that they understand how to uh, improve their process, not only on that part, but maybe uh, their process in general for all of the all of the parts you know that that they make uh, to prevent that issue from recurring into the future, and that they update their documentation as appropriate, et cetera, et cetera. This is a whole other topic, but you mm. need to drive that um, into your supplier base if you want them to improve over time. Mm. And it all starts with the data you're getting from the components yes. that's, that, they're, that are initially coming in. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's really interesting. If you're listening and you're wondering, I've still got questions about 
you know, these incoming inspections, get in touch with us. There are contact details in the show notes. We'll be happy to help, of course. But uh, yeah, I suppose this is one to add to the to-do list for everybody with uh, supply chain in Asia. <laughs> yes. Does your supplier actually check what their own suppliers are doing? Yes. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a brilliant way to end it. Thanks, Renaud. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.